This is Dr. Rahi, and you're listening to The Treatment, your source for all things health, wellness, and beauty. If you like what you have heard in today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Thank you. So I'm here with my friend Anat. How do I say your last name again? Zolmanovich. Zolmanovich. Yeah, you got it. I feel like <laughs> I've known you for so long, I should know how to say your last name. It's okay. <laughs> it's not important. Zolmanovich. Yeah. We've known each other since med school. Isn't that crazy? It's a very long time, and time has flown since then. We met in New York when I was doing rotations, and you were also in rotations, right? Yes, we met through our friend Serge. Yes. Who knows everybody in New York. <laughs> but he doesn't live like in everywhere. New York anymore. He lives in Arizona. Does he know everyone in Arizona? Yes. But he still works in New York. He, even now? Yes. He works remotely. Oh. Isn't that awesome? That's cool. I didn't know that. Hello, Serge, if you listen. <laughs> I'll make him listen. You should. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we met in med school, and that was a really long time ago. I feel like a lot has changed, but still a lot has stayed the same. Yes. Two, two girls in med school. Isn't that like a unique experience? It is a very unique experience. It's not easy to get into med school, to get on the track, to go through residency, to become an attending. And it all happened in a blink of an eye, I feel like, for both of us. Yeah, it was crazy. Yes. I mean, I moved around a lot. I think you moved around a little bit, right? Because you... Mostly stayed... I just stayed in New York. I did... Except for med school. Yes. You also did med school abroad. I did. Yes. And then I just kept moving, and I'm still moving. So um, I think I want to get started and like just hear about how you started and how you got into medicine, because getting into medicine isn't easy, and there's a lot of people that want to do it, and there's a lot of women that are interested in medicine, and now it's easier for women to get into medicine and become doctors. Yes. Well, I deal with a lot of medical students, and I feel like it's more women now than ever before. More women than men, you'd say? Yeah, a little, I feel like 54. Yeah. I mean, I think... don't quote me on that, that percentage, but I think that it's a little bit more female heavy. Now. Do you think medicine is geared, like, is it, um, what's, how do I phrase this probably? Is, is medicine accommodating to women? No. Is it accommodating <laughs> to men? Yes. It is. Yes, yeah. yes. I think it's just the structure of it. I mean, I think that at this point, you know, there's enough pathways for us to get into medicine, but just the structure is not conducive to just reproductive to be aspects. A, to be like a mom and be in medicine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I agree. I mean, I definitely have had those struggles, like, you know, thinking about what do I choose? Do I choose my career? And where do I want my career to go? And then sacrificing, you know, parts of my career for a relationship or, you know, pretty much sacrificing all of my relationships for my career. And I think almost anyone in medicine has to make those decisions. It's really tough. It's really tough. I think that it's inherent on the track that you have to delay those decisions. And the problem is that as women, we don't have forever to make those decisions, so we have a deadline. <laughs> oh my god! I'm sorry. It's true. It's stressful. We do. 
It's Do we though with all of modern advancements in reproductive medicine is is there is the deadline pushed a little bit further back? So that's what I think is awesome within the last 20 30 years is that we have the opportunity to have IVF and to freeze our eggs and to delay a little bit more and I think that in general we're a little healthier than what we used to be. Yeah. Maybe not everybody, but right. <laughs> but I just think that I don't know. I feel like our forty now is different than our parents' forty. Well, I hope so because I'm still not married with kids, so I hope there's still time. There is. There yeah, is. there is. There is. Well, I was saying to you, you know, I have three kids. I'm forty-two years old, but I started to have. My first kid was 37 years old. And how old was your mom when she had her first kid? She was 22. That's crazy. Yes. That's a big age gap. Yes. Did your mom go, um, is is your mom a nurse or a doctor? Does she? My mom has a PhD in nuclear physics. Oh my God. That's impressive. Yes. That's really cool. Yes. I did not know that actually. Um, So when you started medicine, when did you know you wanted to become a doctor? So apparently, I can't remember when I when I wanted to be a doctor, but apparently when I was in third grade, I wrote a, a haiku poem that said, I want to be a doctor. I want to help people. So apparently in third grade, I don't know. But, um, but I had influences in my life that kind of showed me that this might be interesting. Uh, my sister was a doctor. My sister was eight years older than me. And she went to medical school. Oh, right. And so, and she went, and she did medical school at NYU, and she did residency at Einstein. What she did she do OBGYN. her residency in? Oh, OBGYN. Yeah, she was just OBGYN, like you. Just like me, yes. Yes, yeah, so she really paved the way for me. Um, I saw her go through medical school and um, residency, and I told you, unfortunately, she passed away in a car accident in residency, so. I'm really sorry about that. Yeah, it was tough. It was really tough. It's still tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's still tough, but, you know, I feel like she is with me all the time. I feel like she's hanging out with us right now. It's like, oh, it's so cool, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So I do feel her presence with me. Um, But she was really influential in that. Like, just the model of her, how she dealt with all of those stressors with grace and with a smile on her face and even though it was crazy I remember seeing her after like a 24-hour call which I'm sure was more than 24 hours that was in the 90s and she was green she was so tired she was just probably on call for I don't know how long and not eating and had fallen asleep in her car waiting for a parking spot on the Upper East Side you know she really was stressed from it but she loved what she was doing so it was inspirational to me I wanted to you know go go on the same path as her and you did yeah so what was the path from so you decided in the third grade I want to be a doctor but to become a doctor it's not something you can really decide last minute no (laughs) like you know like your third year of college like yeah now I'm going to become a doctor you can do that but it might take you a bit longer so yes when did you really start preparing for this so career? it wasn't a straightforward path for me um, I went to college and 
you know, after the first year of college, that's when my sister died. And so that was kind of put me, it put me in a, in a, a numbness feeling. Like I didn't know what to do with myself. And then when I decided that this is what I wanted to do, that's when my grades started getting better. And, and I started studying for the MCAT, which was like the bane of my existence. And I that took it awful. twice. That was awful. It was awful. It was awful. Yes. <laughs> Did you do a prep course? For the MCAT? I did multiple prep courses. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It was hard. I, I, I studied, I did research and, you know, I tried to check off all the boxes and make connections and finally Where I Where did, did you okay. go to undergrad? I went to Binghamton. Okay. SUNY Binghamton. It's a state school in New York. And yeah. that was a four-year program? Four years. With yeah. research and MCAT prep and volunteer work I'm assuming as well yes I was an EMT oh which I hated because I got nauseous in cars so you were in ambulances <laughs> yes and I hated it I hated it around New like, York no in Binghamton that must have been an experience it was yeah it was interesting I like taking care of the patients but I didn't like being in the car because of that diesel smell and you would sit in the back or in the yes, front yes in the back and I got nauseous because I get car sick. It was just not for me. At but all. it was part of the journey of getting into medicine. Yes. Because yes. you kind of have to show not just grades, not just your MCAT, but also extracurriculars. Yes. You have to be a well rounded student. You just have to be a perfect human being. <laughs> exactly, which nobody is ever. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard. I, I did all of those things too. Yeah. What did you do? Did you do anything that was... Uh, I did a lot of uh, research, and I went to University of Toronto, so that was a really research-heavy school, so it was great for that reason. So it was easy for me to find a professor and, like, hop on and do some research, but some of it was really boring. Some of it sounds interesting. You know, I, I worked in male infertility for a little bit. Yes. It sounds interesting, but it was so boring. It's hard. Bench work is hard. I worked in, in bench work for three years after college. Before med school? Three years, one year. One year. Now my memory. Yeah. <laughs> in between college and medical school, one year, I had a one-year gap. Um, I worked in research. Bench Where was research that? At NYU. And what did you do? It was ovarian cancer research, and it was bench work. Yeah. And it was not the most interesting thing in the world. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I got to live in the city, and I got to understand how the scientific process works and what it means to have clinical research and, and laboratory research. And I mean, I think overall it was a good thing to do. Um, so for people interested in it, I think it's a good view to have on you know all of the research papers that we get to look at throughout our careers and right. to understand where it's coming from and what these people are actually doing. Right. Um, so, but I, right now, looking back on it, I'm more appreciative of it. Right. But during yeah. it, it's sometimes can be quite hard. Yeah. Why is it, why is it so hard? It's just the hours and the information. It's a lot of information. And then the work environments aren't usually the best. Yes. It can be tedious. <laughs> There's right. a lot of tedious work that's not necessarily what you would picture like right. you're doing. What would you do on a daily basis? When I was doing research? Yeah. 
it was just, it was like um doing cultures cell cultures yeah um we had mice i didn't work with the mice that much yeah. but because i didn't like killing them right yeah you know how you killed the mice well i i never did but i worked with mice too but i never actually killed any oh, mice <laughs> thank god Horrible. They yeah. would break their necks. I don't want to. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you have like peed it. That's what they would do. So I didn't like doing that. <laughs> it's horrible. Isn't there a better way to do it? I know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think. I think there are better ways of doing it. Yeah. Yeah, but, but you know that's basic science. Basic science is mice research. Yep. Because the mice genome is like 99.9% similar to the human genome. Yes. And I remember crazy? learning that in undergrad. It's that was crazy. part of it. So that's cool. That, yeah. And then, so you did your research and at what point did you apply for med school? So during that year or two years, I think a year, um, that's when I applied to medical school and I really wanted to go to Israel for medical school. Um, so I applied to all of the programs in Israel. There's three programs in Israel. Only three? Three American programs. So There's what does that mean? Programs. So, so three American programs means yes. that it's all geared for people to come and practice in America or yeah, it's so just in English? Both. Okay. So the Israeli medical school is a different track. It's kind of like the European track. So you don't go to undergrad and then to medical school. So yeah. it's six years of straight medical school. So you do pre-med and med together and then you have a year of what's called stage which is like an internship year where you rotate and you act as an intern in all the different um, departments yeah and then you go into your residency okay whereas American you do four years of undergrad you take your MCAT and then you do four years of medical school right and within your undergrad you do your pre-med courses right so that structure is different. So that's why I say American track. So I did my four years of undergrad and did my MCAT, and then they have the four years of medical school in Israel, and it's taught in English. And most of the students are American. Yeah. And almost everybody comes back to the States for a residency. And that's where you met Serge? And that's where I met Serge. Okay. Yes. But you both happen to be from New York. Yes. Okay. Yes. So were there a lot of New Yorkers in this specific program? Yes. It's yeah. the New York State program. What's it called? What's the school? Sackler, Sackler. School. Yeah, yeah, Sackler School of Medicine. And so you got in. So I got in. Yeah, I actually got into another program, to Ben-Gurion program mm-hmm. beforehand. Um, and then I got into Sackler. And, and I was happy because Sackler is in Tel Aviv. And Tel Aviv is like Miami. <laughs> Even better. That's so much fun. Tel Aviv is amazing, and Ben Gurion, the other program, is in Beersheba, which is a little more remote. It's like out in the desert, a little farther away from where my family and friends are in Israel. So I was happy to be in Tel Aviv. Nice. Yes. So you moved to Tel Aviv. I moved to Tel Aviv. And did you live in student housing? Uh, no, I never lived in student housing. <laughs> I got an apartment. I the first week I had like an, a room in student housing, and then I got an apartment really close to campus, and then um, I lived there for two years, and then I lived for two years in Tel Aviv proper, like right in the heart of the city, and it was awesome. Yeah. Oh so a combination of medical school, but also fun. So fun. Really? Oh. How were you I had able the best to? Time. How were you able to juggle medical school? 
how are you sirens yeah (laughs) so new york how are you able to juggle medical school and going to school in a party city (laughs) i know it was i would use it as a reward so in first and second year we had a lot of tests a lot of tests as you know yeah so um what i would do is i would study 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 for the test and on the day of the test is when i would go out and have fun like after the test immediately after the test i would go to the beach immediately after the test it's amazing and it was such a great reward yeah so motivating yeah yeah that was four years so it was two years of um just textbook work and then two years of rotations yes so we did one year of rotations in Israel, and then um, half the year in America. So we rotated yeah. here so that we would be exposed to the programs here. So yeah. I did a lot of sub-eyes. I did a sub-eye at Einstein, which is I think was instrumental in me coming back to residency at Einstein because I had the personal connection, and then it got to see me work and see how I was with the patients, and um, they were happy with me during the sub-eye. So I think that helped, um, and then back to Israel for the last half year. And so, what were the hours in terms of rotating? It was I know my hours were kind of crazy, especially it varies per rotation. Like I remember OBGYN, I would get into the hospital at four a.m. and we would leave like I don't know late afternoon, sometimes early evening. Yes. Just to do the same thing the next day. Yes. And I remember one of the residents was so mean. So, did you have any experiences like that? Yeah, they were tough. (laughs) They were tough. And I'm sure I was tough also on the residents below. But, um, yes. I had a lot of experiences with tough residents. But I kind of, that's what I was looking for. I kind of liked it. I don't know if that's a bad thing to say. You, you liked the roughness? I did. I did because I felt like there was an importance. I yeah. felt like there was weight behind what we were doing and that we weren't there for no reason just to observe. I felt like, you know, if somebody really held me accountable, that means that what I was doing mattered. So I kind of liked that. Yeah. Toughness. Some people did I, not like it. I didn't love the toughness. I mean, I could handle the hours, but. Some of the meanness I could do without. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I, it can be a little bitchy. Well, it happens. Um, it happens a lot, right, in residency? Yes. The dynamic between um, residents to medical students and then attendings to residents is sometimes it could be a toxic environment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because of all the stress that doctors have on them, and I feel like we're dealing with like sick people and people that are in pain and distress and then their distress transfers onto the doctors and they it just creates this sort of culture and the the doctors themselves are also burnt out a lot are yes yes definitely i feel like i was burnt out by the end of residency for sure 100 yeah. percent. and then it just doesn't end after that no it continues it's different i think that residency is harder uh, in different ways, in terms of just like physical fatigue, yeah, I think it's harder. Yeah. Um, and then as an attending, there's just balancing everyday life. You know, I felt like in residency, I wasn't able to focus on myself or the right. fact that I wanted to have a relationship or be a mother or I couldn't. 
Yeah, it's hard. I couldn't because I was working 80 to 90 hours per week. Right. Or even eating healthy, getting enough sleep, all of those things, exercising, all of those things are pretty much impossible during residency. Impossible. So you're basically just like a shell of a human being. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I would really do anything. You could take the stairs. That's what I used to do. In residency. In residency. That's that's good. Yeah. You could take the stairs and then I would find out, I mean, it's not the healthiest thing in the world, but I would find out where all the free food was in the hospital. Yes. Everyone always finds that out. Yes. The crackers with peanut butter, the graham crackers with peanut butter. Yeah. Did you ever do that? Of course. There's the drawer, the patient drawer for the food. Or the Jello. <laughs> in, in the <laughs> OR that they have to eat, and you're really hungry. You haven't eaten. In well, hours. you're hungry. You're also really poor. So, hungry and poor, you'll yes. end up eating crackers and peanut butter. <laughs> yes. That's so depressing. <laughs> yeah, that's residency. While well, most people in their twenties are going to festivals we were we were in residency working like 80 hour more than 80 hour weeks more than that more than that yeah, yeah. when we started residency that's when it just started to come into effect the where they, hour work yeah work. they were because before then there were like absolutely no rules or regulations on how residents are treated correct what differences did you notice during medical school um in how you were treated as a woman versus your male colleagues? Or did you notice anything? Um, I think that part of it was just self-imposed. I think that, you know, I don't think that the teachers were preferential to the, to the men rather than the women, but I think that just the way that, for me personally, I was able to get through medical school, I wasn't the one that was raising my hand you think you were question. shy? I just was not as forward about... I didn't feel confident in asking a question. I didn't Me feel too. confident. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the men... And I would have the same questions as the guys, but I just didn't have the courage to vocalize at that yeah. point. Um, I would now. Yeah, now I think it's a little bit different. But I feel like back then I was, yeah, a little bit more insecure. Yes. It, it was a little harder. Um, but I have to tell you now also, you know, now I'm more vocal and we have meetings with all of the staff and um, I feel like a lot of the times when I say something, there's kind of, you know, I bring up a point, there's kind of not a response and then we kind of circle back to the same thing and a man will say the same thing and they'll be like, oh yes, oh yes, that's oh my true. Gosh. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. I've had many situations where um, in residence in medical school and residency even while working sometimes you feel that um, either you're not taking us seriously or um, you know I've had instances where um, recently since I've started working where a male colleague will somehow um, not necessarily respect uh you know where I'm at in my career um and sort of almost how do I I don't want to be very specific about like my the incident but just you know where you feel like you don't necessarily get the respect yes yeah and I I felt it more in residency sometimes from like patients or even when I was working in the hospital sometimes like male patients would 
or, or even female patients, you know, when you'd walk into a room, they'd immediately, immediately assume that you were the nurse. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think that I was a little bit insulated from that in the OBGYN field because it's so female heavy. Yeah. Um, I didn't really start to notice, you know, the difference of how people were handled until I got to be in to being an attending to being at a little bit higher level where you're in meetings with the heads of the department and the heads of the of the hospital um that's where I felt it a little bit more um I think for you it might have been different because internal medicine is half and half I feel like yeah it's male it's yeah and your patients are male and female as right. well right right um, I think a lot of women would prefer to go to an OBGYN female doctor. And so you coming in as a female doctor, they're okay with it. Yeah. Um, so I think that that was a little bit insulating. But oh, now good. as an attending, I feel it a little bit more, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. Do you feel it from both the women and the men? Like, at the, you know, the patients and then their significant others or your colleagues? Or I think who do you... I don't feel it from the patients. No. No, not as much. Um, not as much. But from my colleagues. Because now, even now, when you look at the heads of the departments in OBGYN departments across the country, a majority are male. Yeah. Even though the majority of <laughs> OBGYNs are female. Excuse me as I roll my eyes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> It's true, and not that there's anything wrong with being a male doctor, but um, I do, I do think that as women, we are better listeners. I mean, I'm a little biased, but I think we're better doctors. Some, some, because <laughs> I, not I myself, as a patient, I've had both male and female OBGYNs, and currently my my OBGYN is a male. Um, and I had a female before, and she wasn't the greatest. I felt like she rushed me all the time. Yes. Um, but there's, that's the other thing though, with medicine. Male. There's fabulous male OBGYNs yeah. and fabulous male doctors. Yeah. Um, and and there's also horrible female OBGYNs. I know. <laughs> really. Yeah. That's the thing with medicine, modern medicine. A lot of doctors feel very rushed all the time. It's. Yes. Do you feel rushed at your work? Because you you work now in yes. three different surgical centers around Queens. Yes. yes. Doing just gynecology now. I do just UIN. So once yeah. I had my first child, yeah. I decided that I was going to do just more GYN. Because yeah. I loved the surgical aspect of OBGYN. And it was very hard to do the overnights at that point. Um, so I decided to focus more on that and I did a fellowship in female pelvic surgery and reconstructive How long medicine. was that? Well, like going back to your residency, so you finished med medical school and then you applied for residency and you got in in New York. Yes. And how long was that program? That was four years. Four years at yes. Einstein? At Einstein. Where is that in the city? It's in the Bronx. It's in the Bronx. Yes. Boogie Down Bronx. That's nice. It was awesome. It was a great residency. It was very hard. Um, but it was... <laughs> great I learned everything and I saw everything and you know I wanted to get tough and it made me tough yeah yes maybe a little too tough <laughs> at that point <laughs> um but it was exactly what I wanted um and then I worked as a general OBGYN I did OB and GYN for almost four years yeah at Lenox Hill Hospital yeah um and then 
I did the fellowship. How long was that? It was a year. So you went back a... after working for four years yeah. to do a fellowship. Yes. And then you committed back to being a student. Yes. And at this time, did you have any kids? That's when I had my first Before kid. the fellowship? During the fellowship. During like, the fellowship. right before the fellowship. Yeah. I went back right after maternity leave. And how long of a maternity leave did you get? Four months. Did you feel like that was enough? Uh, you know, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Like, for me, ideally, six months would have been better. Mm-hmm. But part of me really needed to get back to work. Why? Because I needed that part of me like it was it was hard to be at home all day long I don't feel like women have in general not just doctors I don't feel like women have support when they have a child in that postpartum visit postpartum visit postpartum time you used to have your mom and your aunt and your friends with you to take care of you during that time when you're you yourself are healing and you have this little being that needs you 24 7 literally every two hours around the clock you know you don't have and nowadays we don't have that type of support and I didn't have that it was hard it was hard and having my job and having like a regular structure and having adult people to talk to was something that I really missed so I was happy to go back to work yeah do you feel that medicine is accommodating to women when they want to have children or is, does it go by job? You know, I think from what I've seen, I think the women in tech mm-hmm. get better benefits than the women in medicine. I know. <laughs> um, you know, I had six weeks, but it technically, you know, like full, full pay, but that was, you know, disability and two weeks of my vacation. Yeah, and why is it considered disability? It's so Isn't stupid. there a better term for it? It's so stupid. But, yeah, I don't understand I was also, why it's, it's called disability, <laughs> but having a kid. It's crazy. I was yeah. also considered a geriatric patient because I was over 35 having a kid. Wait, what? <laughs> yes, geriatric pe- uh, pregnancy. It's a CPT code. Oh my God, stop. Yes, You're depressing me. <laughs> yes. Why? Why? Oh my goodness. Is there any hope for women like me? Of course. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> You're healthy, you take care of yourself, you know, you have a regular cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Women in medicine are now having children, like, later and later. I mean, it's one of the professions where it's almost, like, harder to... It's hard to get through med school and residency if you do have a family, unless you have a stay-at-home father, right? Exactly. Unless you have support. You have to have support. Yeah. You have to have support. You can't do it by yourself. And now now you, you do just gynecology and you still work full time. And you have yes. three children now. Yes. How do you manage all of that? I have support. <laughs> I have help. I outsource. Yeah. I pay people to help me. I have a nanny. Yeah. Who's full time. Uh, the two older boys are in daycare. Cute. school full-time and my husband works from home he works full-time but he's home so he's a little more flexible thank god for him more sirens new york sirens it's crazy how we're so high up on the 10th floor and you can still hear it it's appropriate for a talk about medicine i think right (laughs) (laughs) right that makes sense uh 
so reflecting back on your career would you if you could go back and change anything would you still go back and become a doctor I think so I think now um, looking back on it I'm happy with the road that I've taken I'm happy with how much work I put into it yeah Um, I think part of it I think there is a disillusionment a little bit with medicine now being in the being a full-on doctor for more than a decade yeah there's a little bit of disillusionment that's a big deal yeah congratulations (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) yes I was telling you I heard your your podcast and talk you talking about it and I tend to agree with you yeah I mean I always talk about it because I feel like like I said I was burnt out after residency so and then it I did the hospital work for six years and I, you know, I decided to open my own practice just because I was like, I can't do this forever. It's depressing. Yeah, it is it's depressing. really depressing. Because we don't get to the root cause of what's causing people's issues. Right, it's yes. a, like modern Western medicine is like bandages all the problems. Yes, yes. And you can't keep on bandaging a, a holes on a sinking ship. It's going to sink at the end of the day. Yeah, that's what happened when I worked in the hospital. Um, You know, specifically internal medicine is all about, like, bandaging things up. And it was kind of like, you know, I'd see the same patients every few weeks. They just rotate in and out of the hospital. It was a cycle. And I was like, you know, I I can't do this forever. This is, like, not satisfying. Like, I'm not helping anybody really. And so horrible. I did my fellowship in integrative medicine, and I know you started your fellowship. I started my fellowship. Uh, yeah, your second fellowship. That's so impressive. Thank you, thank you. <sighs> but I delayed it. I delayed it a little bit because yeah. it was too. Uh, I, speaking of balancing everything, it was too much for me. Yeah. yeah, but you can always go back to it. Yes, but you feel that even just the short period that you spent in the fellowship, it helped a little bit. It did. Change your practice? It did. You know what? The one thing that I took from the short time that I was there is that I now say a little prayer with my patients right before the OR, and they love it. Oh, my (laughs) God. They love it. It's so cute. That's so cute. Yeah. What's your prayer? So I just ask them, you know, if they're into prayer, if they believe in God, and if they'd like to pray together. And I just hold hands with them, and we say, you know... Dear God, help us have a good surgery. Let us get rid of everything we need to get rid of and leave in everything that we need to leave in. And and may we have a very quick and complete recovery. Um, things like that. Have you? How long have you been it. doing that? I don't know, like three months. Have you noticed anything different? <laughs> they love the patients are so happy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all. You, that's it. all you need. You just like even if you're just making that's them happy. That's half the battle. It's right. The battle. Really, the patient's perspective before they go into a procedure really changes outcomes. I really believe that. And just like having a connection with your patients, like there's so many doctors out there that just don't care. Because they can they're on automatic mode. Yeah. Like my previous to survive. OBGYN, she was just in an, on another planet. Completely. <laughs> yeah. Completely. Yeah, I have to tell you, also being an OB and then going through the birth process from the patient perspective totally changed. <laughs> How did it change you as a doctor? You know, I didn't do OB after I had my kids, but 
I just remember the things I used to say to patients and then being on the other side and getting that same feedback. And I was just like, oh, God, I can't believe I said that to my patients. It's just so horrible. Like what? Like, like, focus, you can do it. You can do it. Focus or whatever. And it's just (laughs) so annoying. Or you can push harder than that. And it's just sort of... um trying to encourage them but being a little condescending you think i just think people have no clue i mean when you're when you're in that position and you're about to have a baby you are in a different world yeah and it doesn't matter if you have an epidural and you have medications or yeah. if you don't have it yeah you're on a different planet right and so i think that having incessant like directions going at you kind of throws you off yeah you know I think that for the most part you know we should be there just in case we're needed for the most part the female body knows what to do and it's going to do it regardless of whether or not you say push 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 or if you're like screaming at the patient yeah do you feel like that's what it was before I feel like it the, the birth process, I know that this could be a whole other podcast, but has been very medicalized. And, you know, for the most part, it doesn't, you don't really need the majority of the interventions that we have. Um, that's from, that's a little bit from the patient perspective. From the doctor perspective, you know, we're trained to, to know when, stuff is about to hit the fan so yeah. we're trained for disaster yeah and so if you're trained for disaster you're expecting disaster yeah. all the time and so you're just the, like anxious and rough and that's and the birth point should be like beautiful and spiritual birth is bringing <laughs> yes it but it is beautiful and spiritual regardless yeah. right. but it should be that yeah but you know i think we get stressed out i mean it's the most highly litigious field in medicine and that's that's for a reason because really stuff can a lot of bad things can happen yeah um but it's it's the exception it's not the rule and so when you're operating from a place of there's going to be a disaster then there's probably going to be a disaster or just more anxiety definitely a lot more anxiety in the room and and that's that i mean i feel like i feel like sometimes that's a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah um so where now that you did the six months of integrative medicine and you hope to complete the fellowship in the near future, <laughs> I'll text you to remind you. Yes, remind me. Please. Where do you think your practice will head? You know, I don't know. I have to tell you, I've, the the surgical part I really love. Um, the the part of handing out medications is really not my favorite part of it um, because it. Like we said, it doesn't get to the root problem. So, I don't know. It's really open. Uh, am I going to become more spiritual and put away the medicine completely and become like a, a shaman? Who knows? I don't know. But I feel like... I'll be a shaman with you. Let's go, please. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, there's... For right now, there's good still good that I can do for my patients especially with the surgeries you know I do see that you know my intervention helps my patients and and 
their quality of life really improves. So that's really satisfying for me. Great. For right now. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I think like um, your practice will just evolve how it's supposed to evolve. Amen to that. I've been, I mean, I, I feel like I push my practice to, you know, start and then now I'm at a point just like letting it evolve to where it's going to go. Yes. And that's good. At some point you just have to let go because I feel like we're pushing so hard. Med school, residency, fellowship, and then work. It's nonstop. Nonstop. Yes. It's basically your whole life. It, it, it was all of our 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, I used to say that medicine is not just a career, it's a lifestyle. Completely. Completely. I don't know if that's good or bad. It's just, that's just what it is. Yeah. I mean, I think that it gives us a perspective that not a lot of people have, just on the function of yeah. the body and how things work. Yeah. I'm really appreciative for that. Yeah. You know, it makes me less stressed out, especially as a mom, when things go when my kids are sick, for example, or yeah. things go wrong, you know, I'm not as worried. There's not as much unknown, so I'm not as worried, so it, right. it makes me more functional, I feel like. Yeah. Um, so I'm appreciative for that. Yeah. But I feel like there's more, you know? Yeah, yeah, there is more. So what would be that, what would be the advice you would give if there's, you know, a female listening and she's interested in going into medicine? What advice would I give her? Um, I would say do it. Yeah. You know, nothing good comes out of not working hard. I don't. <laughs> I agree. It's really hard work, but, you know, if, if that's something that you're interested in, then it's awesome. And I think that the caveats and the downfalls of medicine, I yeah. think that's really our responsibility to fix that. Yeah. You know, or to change it, or yeah. to at least put a light on it and say, this is not working. Right. That's why I think integrative medicine is so cool. I mean, it should so really good. be part of medical, medical school. school. Yeah. Yeah. That it would should be, be amazing. I think, I mean, it's becoming. It took forever. I mean, I was trying to um, do a rotation when I was a resident in integrative medicine at the University of Arizona, and my program director and then the chief above him would not allow it because they had no idea what I was talking about. But now um, there's integrative medicine programs and residencies, and I yes. think some medical schools are offering you know some courses in it. So hopefully it'll grow and expand and and like the the entire realm of medicine. Absolutely, it will. Yeah, it will. So I don't think that part should deter anybody. I think that you know if you're interested in it and you're inspired then you should go for it yeah cool yes thanks for chatting with me thanks for having me yeah i'm glad we could catch up this is great yes thank you thank you